Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, uh, we're going to be catching up with Cliff Miyake. He's the Vice President of Business Development over at Ocean Networks, and we're going to be finding out about the new project that's happening called the Hawaiian Islands Fiber Link, or HIFL. And uh, I, I want to first off uh, welcome Cliff to Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome, Cliff. Thanks for uh, having me on today, this afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I appreciate the fact that you're staying up late since you're calling all the way from Atlanta. Uh, and uh, I know it's kind of like uh, bedtime, but thanks for hanging out late to do this uh, this interview on Hawaii Public Radio. <clears throat> and yeah. maybe first... Um, you know, I know you've uh, got a long history in Hawaii, and I know the company is kind of based in in uh, Atlanta, so you you have sort of a foot in each location. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and and what does Ocean Networks do, and why do you have to kind of like go back and forth? Yeah, sure. Uh, all our technical and engineering staff are here in Atlanta, so uh, now that we're kicking off the project, I needed to get back here. Been uh, you know a couple weeks with uh, that team and uh, finalize some of the things to kick the project off. And um, you know over here uh, at Ocean Networks, we uh, design and build systems, undersea cable systems. We also have a subsidiary company that takes uh, retired systems, different geographic locations, undersea cable systems. We rehabilitate them and put them back in service, but instead of uh, communications, they become science, uh, ocean science cables. And when you say ocean science, these are more in the realm of uh, doing kind of uh, underwater sensing. Monitoring, sensing, yeah. We have a uh, project. Right now we got a couple guys in Guam, and they're finalizing in a project that we've been working on for the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually putting it into active service uh, right now that's a pretty that's a pretty specialized kind of field that you're into I mean it's one thing to be laying new fiber cable systems uh, it's another thing to kind of you know like you said rehabilitate the old old system so um, how did you guys get into that business oh we were contacted by a, a, a group private investment entity mm-hmm. that wanted to, uh, you know, do something, give back, I guess, to um, communities, and uh, their way is to try and, do, you know, do these projects. And along the way, they knew our CEO, so they asked him if uh, he'd be interested, and he started up a subsidiary just to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the project that we're going to be talking a little bit more of, uh, why don't you share a little bit about what this Hawaiian, basically Hawaiian Island Fiber Link, and are you calling it uh, HIFL or what's the what's the acronym uh, pronunciation? Yeah, we go, we, 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 we do call it that, HIFL. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and uh, this is something that you've been working on for, for a, a bit of time now. Yeah, actually, I think the idea for this goes at least 10 years back, back mm-hmm. when the original broadband uh, type group was assembled in the state of Hawaii. The task force. Was the, the task, yes, task force, and it was the, 
first thought was to take a look at what existed between the islands and uh, see how they were working and if there were any issues. Um, so, you know, the systems out there today, there's three of them. Two of them are, you know, pretty old. Uh, been there for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, design life normally for systems is about 25 years. Mm-hmm. So two of them kind of exceed that. They're older than that. And uh, one of them has had outages before. Right. So the state got pretty concerned about the situation, right? And uh, the other system um, is the Paniolo system, and that's up there, uh, which is a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. But that itself is, I think, in its teens. Like mm-hmm. somewhere around 12, 13 years old. So it's kind of midlife. So looking into the future, the islands and connectivity and the ability to have Internet you know, connecting between the islands would be um, in jeopardy. So uh, luckily, the uh, federal government came in and what, what was uh, providing a grant to the state of Hawaii uh, via the U.S. Treasury Department they approved a $115 million grant to the state of Hawaii uh, under the Capital Projects Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what Hawaii is doing under the Capital Projects Fund is fairly unique to all the other states in, in you know, the U.S. So, pretty interesting. Out of the $115 million, $81 million is uh, allocated towards the new inner island submarine cable system, mm-hmm. and of that, uh, $60 million will be contributed by the state for HIFO, mm-hmm. with another $21 million allocated to be used to connect from the beach manholes to the cable landing stations inland, mm-hmm. and to also um, build out the cable landing stations, get them ready to receive the new system. So, you know, when you talk about <clears throat> these cable landings and uh, subsea fiber optic. What can you describe a little bit about how an undersea fiber cable actually uh, gets onto land? And I know in the old days, I mean, they might have just laid it right on the beach, uh, but there's more sophisticated ways of doing it now. And how does that typically happen? You know, in in 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. When you build it uh, from beach out to um, into the ocean, mm-hmm. you want to really um, preserve, you know, the ecosystem, pay attention to the biology, and, and make sure you don't create any issues or damage like coral or anything mm-hmm. like that, as well as uh, look to uh, maintain the shoreline. And, you know, I really pay attention to the environmentals and, and make sure you keep things in good, you know, not, not do any damage mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. system. So the, the way the technology we're looking to use is a horizontal directional drilling. Mm-hmm. So it's a drill that's on the shore, and it drills down and out under the shoreline and out to sea to a specific depth that uh, we map out, and then it, uh, as it's drilling, there's a conduit being placed. That conduit will pop out, usually in a sandy area, mm-hmm. and then the, you know, the drill will pull back, and that conduit 
now there from the shoreline connected to a beach manhole mm-hmm. out to sea. And when the ship comes in, it'll lay the fiber between the islands, and there'll be divers or a remote vehicle that will uh, get the fiber to the conduit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some, uh, I guess, cords, but they're not really cords, but they're like cables and things that are attached to the end of the cable. Mm-hmm. And from shore, it's connected to a winch or a you know, and pulleys and things, and it'll actually pull the cable from the sea into onto shore, into the manhole. So when the when the conduit is actually well, you have the boring and the conduit that's that's uh, placed there. Uh, the the cord that you're describing is placed there from the beginning, right? So that's there to attach to the cable, the fiber cable, which then gets pulled through the the conduit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets pulled into shore. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and then once ashore, then it's anchored, and it's spliced into some land cable, which mm-hmm. then takes it from the beach to the cable landing station, mm-hmm. into the cable landing station. Now, I, I do want to, <clears throat> you know, um, ask you a little bit about uh, what you folks did to sort of prep where these, these uh, landings will take place. And I know there was a... Uh, a good kind of a survey effort that was done. Uh, but before we do that, we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at the short break to continue our conversation with Cliff Miyake, VP of Business Development over at Ocean Networks. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Honolulu Waldorf School and Nohea Gallery. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we are talking to Cliff Miyake, VP of Business Development over at Ocean Networks, and they do a lot of work at, uh, with submarine fiber cables and we're talking about a uh, cool project that's going to build a brand new inner island fiber network and we're talking a little bit about the uh, cable landings and how the fiber actually gets brought uh, from the sea to the shore and cliff you know where you've selected these locations uh is is a study in an in and of itself so what went into you know determining where you would actually land. And, you know, obviously there's choices and what goes into making those choices. Right. So originally when we uh, were doing the initial design, we talked to some of the uh, technical folks at the state and asked them what was important mm-hmm. um, in, that we should include in design. And one of the biggest things was to find new locations that were uh, geographically away from any existing landings onto the, any of the islands. Mm, mm-hmm. So each point that we're landing the cable for this system is a unique point, um, and it's in a geographical, geographically different location than anything that was built before. Um, the idea for that is you, you know, automatically have diversity, and it adds resiliency. Um, for survivability for the uh, connections between the islands. Um, Yeah, so as an example, 
on Kauai or the existing uh, cables, either land at Kekaha or at Poipu. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Poipu, I'm sorry, um, Waialua by the golf course there. Mm. Um, our landing will be closer to Lihue. It'll be at Hanamuhu. Mm-hmm. On Oahu, we'll land at Kaka'ako, which is somewhere that's, you know, there's a old uh, science cable out there, but other than that, nothing's ever landed right into Honolulu City proper, right? Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. will be the first. Um, on uh, Maui, we'll land into Kaholui. Mm-hmm outside the harbor area um, and the previous landings have all been towards either Lahaina side or uh, Wailea so you can see the geography is very separate mm-hmm. and on the big island we'll land in Hilo um, everything existing today goes to Kauai High so we're on the opposite side of the mm-hmm. island mm-hmm. and um, Lanai will be at Manele and uh, on Molokai will be at Kaunakakai. Mm-hmm. And so as we looked at those landings, we actually did a lot of uh, uh, what's called a desktop study. Mm-hmm. So in the desktop study, you look at where you're landing, there's, uh, you look at the route, the best route uh, between the islands from those landings, so we mapped that out. Um, and we did actually went to every island to each location that we are planning to land there, and we did an extensive site survey. Um, we actually did some mapping, like three-dimensional mapping with some uh, special devices, um, and put together a report in advance of all of this that was provided to the state. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you look at a survey and you look at, a, let's say, an underwater route, what are you What are you looking for? What are you looking for as as far as a ideal path? Um, as far as uh, uh, you you look for like a clear path where you can get to the bottom quickly, where the bottom is um, you know not rocky. Um, uh, you try to avoid the ledges, coral ledges, so. Um, you try to minimize what um, what's called a suspension in your cable, mm-hmm. where the cable is suspended over like a ridge, because over time and the tidal movement that that will, um, depending on what the ridge is composed of, mm-hmm. it's like a coral shelf or something. If you think of your cable moving back and forth on that ridge for like 25 years, uh, you know, good possibility it's going to uh, break the cable and you'll have an outage. You try to uh, engineer around all of that. Oh, that's a good point. And I mean, near shore, you definitely engineer to make sure you uh, are kind of like finding a path through the coral, uh, making sure you're, you're not hitting coral, not laying over coral, because you don't want to damage the reef, right? We want to protect the reef. Mm-hmm. We want to find the best path. So, you know, there's some, it's not a straight line. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in, in other words, it won't be a straight line because we'll engineer and you know, make the design so that uh, it avoids obstacles. And, and also, there are um, sometimes out at sea, there's some interesting things on the bottom, so you want to definitely avoid them. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, our system in Guam, one of the things uh, we had to repair was when we went and put the um, remote vehicles down and looked at the cable, mm-hmm. the 
cable was actually suspended over a jeep that was dumped off a barge, I guess, during, at the end of World War II. Oh, yeah? And okay. When they laid the cable back then, they didn't have the technologies, uh-huh. you know, with the camera systems and the remote vehicles and things like that. So they didn't know. They just dropped the cable, and it was over a jeep. And that jeep actually had uh, cut through the cable so that the uh, power that runs in that particular cable was bleeding out, and we had to you know, cut that, take it off the Jeep, put a new piece of fiber in between. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with this new system, we want to make sure we don't have any of those kind of occurrences. And in in the case of the Jeep, I mean, it was just a matter of the cable housing rubbing against the Jeep because of tidal forces. And, and the yeah. wear just wore through it <laughs> to basically Wore through reach. all the protection yeah. around the... Yep, yep. And then uh, and what happened was then the... You get to the core part, and there's a part of the core where on the systems that are repeated, and um, HIFO is going to be a non-repeated system, Mm -hmm. so we won't be running power through it. But the cable that was uh, in Guam was actually running power through it. And as you uh, eventually cut through the protection around it, and you get to the conductive part, Mm -hmm. the um, electricity will actually bleed out of the cable. Oh, yeah. Right, and, uh, you know, you got salt water. I mean, function. salt water is a pretty good conductor, right? Right, and then it won't function, you know, like it needs to function. Right, so right, right. That's what we had to repair over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to. I do want to ask you if you, how do you deal with some of the, you know, obviously you're not going over the Marianas Trench or anything, but there are some deep spots uh, between the islands, and how would you kind of mitigate route the route uh, as you encounter those kinds of uh, let's say obstacles. So, I'm going to hold that thought. We'll be right back of this uh, short break to continue this interesting conversation with Cliff Miyake, Vice President of Business Development over at Ocean Networks. And we're talking about the Hawaiian Island Fiber Link that's uh, been contracted. And of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, right here on Hawaii Public Radio. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Cliff Miyake, VP of Business Development over at Ocean Networks, and we're talking about the uh, new Inner Island Fiber Network that's uh, being uh, it, it recently got contracted. Now, uh, you know, I know that, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, the contract because I know it took a long time. But, um, you know, when you start to run a path between islands, obviously, you, do you prefer to lay it on the bottom or are there going to be spots where it's, it's sort of suspended? And do you try to avoid these, these uh, deep trenches, as you mentioned before, because of, you know, the potential of rubbing? But how do you how do you deal with that? Do you just suspend it over the the deep trench? I mean, what do you what do you do about all the different kind of terrain you might encounter, you know, between the islands? Yeah. So one of the phases we're about to go to, which is why I'm back here, you know, working with the engineers, is we we're getting ready to do a detailed underwater survey. Mm-hmm. So we'll actually have a survey vessel come in to the islands, or hopefully we can use one that's already here um, and get the right equipment on it, and then uh, 
that desktop study we did, it, it has a route we've designed. Mm-hmm. We will um, sail the route with the vessel, and um, there's sonars and arrays and different things that the vessel will deploy, which actually map the bottom, and we can double-check our route. And, of course, like you said, we want to minimize some of these suspensions and try to not go into like the deepest parts and see how we can design around things for the most optimum route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when we do have to like go down into an area and then come back up the other side, we want to capture that really well um, with the depths and everything. So as we uh, get the cable made, we allocate for mm. uh, the depths and the lengths it needs to be to drop down without suspending, right? And yeah. To the side and go down, get to the bottom of whatever is traversing, and then come out the other side mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. another suspension because you don't want that tension on the fiber mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well. And, and you know, I, I alluded to this earlier, but uh, this contract wasn't a trivial one, and it took a little while to, uh, you know, cross the T's, you know, dot the I's. You know, what did what did you have to go through? Because I know it's not simply an amount of money that's being awarded to you. There, there is a, a, a private equity piece. You know, there's a, a public-private partnership. What What is the the end result in terms of, an organizational structure that's going to manage this on a going forward basis as a result of this uh, sort of initial initial investment. Yeah, so actually, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, we were um, notified that we were the you know winning bidder in September, mm-hmm. and it took till like just the end of January to actually finalize the contract. So a lot of, you know, drafts going back and forth, um, you know, a lot of uh, working with our attorneys and the state's attorneys to make sure it would be done in a fashion that's uh, right for the project, right for the, you know, the uh, funding um, and compliance with mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Um, The contract itself uh, calls for the formation of a public-private partnership, Mm -hmm. which is a P3. So um, the interesting thing is this system will be unique in that the state of Hawaii will actually have ownership interest in it, Mm -hmm. which has Mm -hmm. never happened before. That's a a first. And um, as part of also the agreement, there's some provisions of you know, we wanted to make sure that the state, are, things are provided for the benefit of the people of the state. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things is there will be a pair of fiber that the state will own uh, in the system connecting all the islands. Mm-hmm. There will also mm-hmm. be uh, 300 gigabits of capacity because we're going to take a couple of, initially a couple of the pairs of fiber, put equipment on it so we can light up fiber and run bandwidth on it Mm -hmm. and uh, the state will have 300 gigabits of uh, bandwidth statewide and the other thing we wanted to make sure that that was included 
And the agreement was that uh, there's 200 gigabits of capacity that will be dedicated to the Department of Hawaiian Homeland mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all the islands. And that's a bandwidth uh, that enables connections to the Internet. Yes. Yep. It can basically provide like the backbone between the islands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or additional backbone because you know, backbones already exist. But what we're doing is adding a lot more capacity and the throughput speed because it's you know the most advanced fiber that we're going to get should be very quick, very fast, low latency connectivity. And Cliff, you know, you're uh, landing into some pretty sort of rural, some rural areas. Obviously, the neighbor islands are, are going to benefit from this. Are you uh, kind of reaching out to the community and letting them know, letting them know uh, what, what's happening and what the, the potential opportunity might be for them? Yeah, we will be. Um, we're putting together a program right now, and uh, we're going to schedule uh, to be going out to uh, the communities in the islands and, and uh, holding, you know, like a um, talk story, get-together, you know, probably mm-hmm. Pauhana mm-hmm. after work, uh, early evening or something to make it where people can actually get to it and just hold, you know, um, public discussion so we can present, go over the system, explain things, uh, answer questions, and just make sure that people know what's going to be built and uh, why and how it should benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the what's the timeline? I know you have a kind of a deadline, right, with the with the uh, stipulation of use of funds from the U.S. Treasury. Yeah, the the the, 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 the use of funds stipulation is actually uh, December twenty twenty six that uh, this system needs to be built uh-huh. by and funds. Uh, And so the the work is, uh, I mean, twenty twenty six. That's not that far away. Yeah. <laughs> so all the all it, what it, you described, it, surveys, ships, you know, laying the laying the fiber, building the cable landings, and you know, beach manholes. That's got all got to be done before the December of twenty twenty six. Yes, and normally um, that's yeah. It, it in the timeline to build a new system, we're cutting it really the amount of time you actually need to get it done. So we definitely have a sense of urgency and uh, all hands on deck. we got to get going and get this taken care of. You know, so yeah. typically like an inner island fiber network like this, I mean, would what take, what, more than five years? Mm, normally, I think it would take about somewhere between three and four years. Okay, so we're in the time, we're in the right timeline, so... Uh, but there is a lot of work to do, <laughs> and I'm glad you're getting started. Yeah, yeah. We we actually started ten days ago, so you know it's been pretty hectic. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay, so Cliff, where can people find out more and kind of keep track of progress uh, with the Hawaiian Island Fiber Link? Yep, they can go to oceannetworks.com. Um, Towards the middle, as you scroll down, you'll see on the left, uh, it'll say Hawaii Islands Fiberlink, HIFO. Mm-hmm. Click on that. There's a, you know, the name and a little line. Click on that, and it'll take you to more information. Sounds good, and I really appreciate the updates. And, you know, maybe we'll uh, have, you, have you come on again and, and kind of 
share as the you know the cable landings get built. We'd love to get updates from you. So Cliff Miyake, he's the VP of Business Development over at Ocean Networks. Hey Cliff, I want to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, again, thanks for having me, and uh, you know, glad to be able to talk about the system. We're very excited about you know building a new thing, and hopefully, be great for the whole. Thank you, and thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll reprise an episode we did on the Pacific Telecommunications Conference. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineers, David Chong, you can catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Uh-huh.